Grace be unto you, and great peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let it be. Let it be. Some of you who are of the more vintage version might remember that Paul McCartney song, Let It Be. The words go something like this. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Yeah, well, Mary didn't probably come to him. And yet, probably if, in a sense, he read these words of this text, then Mary could have come to him because those were exactly her words, let it be. We have a hard time being able to discern when it is that we should be working and when it is that we should just let things be. When it is that we should be fighting and when it is that we should just let things be. When it is that we should be worrying and when it is that we should just let things be. Isn't it amazing that we can actually have a harder time letting things be than working or fighting or worrying? Yeah, the question therefore is, what are the reasons for why it is that we have such a hard time just letting things be? For one reason, we like to be in control, don't we? Yeah, we consider that maybe if we are in control that we can do things better than other people. And we certainly do know that we have our own best interests at heart, whereas if we have to rely upon somebody else to do what needs to be done, maybe it's not going to get done at all. We find ourselves wanting to fight. Yeah. We make assumptions that perhaps people are out there who are going to take advantage of us. There are people who might be negligent or people who might be malicious. And if they're going to be that way, we have to be prepared and ready to be able to put up our dukes and get with the fight. Perhaps we also worry because of all the terrible things that could possibly take place in life. We are not going to be around to be able to be in control. We're not going to be able to be there to see what's coming down the road. And so we worry about all the problems and the dangers in the world and the terrible people and maybe even some of the natural disasters that could be taking place. And so we say to ourselves, we have to be able to worry and be concerned. And we have a hard time being able to just simply letting things be. Let's just pour this for a second into Mary's situation and take stock and maybe even a little bit of awe and wonder at how it is that Mary could be so trusting and why it is that she could live by faith and simply let things be. Mary, first of all, did not need to be in control. She did not think that she was being abused by this angel or that she was being taken advantage of when God 
indicated to her that she would become pregnant, much like the world today views pregnancy as some form of abuse. She did not consider her life to be her own, but rather that her life belonged to God, that her body belonged to God, and that she was not the self-determinate person who had the right to be able to do with her body as she chose, as we so often hear in our world today. Mary did not demand instant proof from the angel as though she had her dukes up. She did not question whether or not the angel had an intention that was bad for her or in some way harmful to her. Mary did not come up with a whole list of reasons for why it is that this was going to be a bad idea, as though she was worrying about the world in which she was living. She could have said, you know, we're just so poor. We just don't have the resources to be able to bring forth a child into this world. And have you looked at what's been happening in the Roman world lately? How badly everything has been going and how the Romans are so abusing us? And when it comes to the church, well, my goodness, look at the Pharisees. They seem to be so, so overwhelmingly in control. It always seems as though we are the little people and we don't really have a chance to be able to bring a Savior into this world when this church is not going to accept this. But what about my townspeople? And what about the gossip that might take place? What about my reputation and my career if I have a bad reputation? Mary wasn't worrying about any of those things. She simply responded to the angel, let it be, let it be. Let it be, she said, but that's not really what she said. We say, why did you say let it be? And we say, she didn't. She said, let it be according to your word. That is to say, she describes herself as a servant of the Lord, and a servant of the Lord always does two things. One is that the word of the Lord is always true. And the second is that the word of the Lord, it is understood, always has the power to make happen what the word promises. One lexographer says, to make happen what is said, that is, the word of the Lord can make alive whatever it is that it says. Thus, this woman of faith, first and foremost, did not need to be in control. The incarnation that would take place certainly would be a mystery. The Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, would actually take to himself human flesh in the womb of this woman. But this was not something which was new. Already in Isaiah chapter 7, we remember the words, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, the Word. It was not going to be an easy life for her either. She would be traveling to Bethlehem when she was nine months pregnant, down into valleys, riding upon a donkey, maybe going up hills and having to walk when she was nine months pregnant. 
And then after her child was going to be born, there was King Herod after her with his Germanic soldiers trying to kill her child, fleeing into Egypt and having to remain there until the death of Herod, going to this insignificant town of Nazareth, having to face all these people that she had known all her life and who no doubt knew that she had not been married to Joseph when she conceived this child. God's ways and workings are not our ways and not our ways of working. But Mary said, let it be according to your word. Mary did not need to see signs or proof beyond what the word itself had said. She knew that God's word would do the fighting for her. The scriptures say in Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government is going to be upon his shoulders. All of these things were going to be true. He was going to be the one who was going to be in control. Second Samuel, the Lord himself will establish a house for you, he said to David. And in Micah 4.7, the Lord will rule over Mount Zion. And in Daniel 7.14, Men of every language worshipped him. But she had a word of promise for her because of the word of promise for him. Mary also was not going to worry. The world was not going to terrify her. Remember the Psalm 23? Maybe she said it a few times herself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Those were the words that gave her comfort. She was told by Simeon, that priest in the temple, that that child was going to cause her to have to endure great pain. He said, a sword is going to pass through your own soul. And as she stood at the foot of the cross, as she saw her son being crucified before her eyes, and there's no doubt that a sword did pass through her soul. But she believed those words that were later said by the Apostle Paul. All things work for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Her faith made her into a servant of the Lord, and she knew, let it be, was the way it was meant to be. What, though, do we say then this means for us? Well, we too must say, let it be, but to say, let it be according to your word. We don't need to be in control where God's word has spoken to us. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 4, against all hope Abraham believed and so became the father of many nations. You remember how Abraham was extremely old and God had promised him a child. Abraham believed no matter what, even if he's 100 years old, 
He believes that God's word can do what God's promised. He did not waver, Paul says, through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Let it be. We do not need to fight, do we? We do not need to fight God or to fight the world when God's intentions towards us are so wonderfully clear, even in spite of our life's upward turns and our downward turns. Paul writes, he says, that is why it was credited to him as righteousness. He's talking about Abraham. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We don't have to fight. We have a Lord who has declared us to be pardoned from our sins. We have a Lord who has actually declared us to be righteous in his sight because all our guilt was laid on Christ. Let it be. We do not need to be afraid of all the potential tribulations that may happen to us in this world. Because Paul said, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's that wonderful glory of God's presence being with us and the glory that we're going to share with him in heaven. But he goes on to say, and we rejoice in the hope, not just of the glory of God, but not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. St. Peter writes something similar. He says, for in Scripture it says, see, I lay in Zion a chosen and precious cornerstone and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And the Holy Spirit writes in Isaiah chapter 4, The Lord will create over all Mount Zion and over those who assemble there a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flame of fire by night, kind of a reminiscent of what happened in the, in the, uh, in the wilderness as the Israelites left Egypt. Over all the glory will be a canopy, and it will be a shelter and a shade from the heat of the day, and a refuge and a hiding place from the storm and rain. So, let it be. But let it be according to his word. I always tell the story of what it is that Martin Luther once said about the life of a Christian. And you have to pardon me because I'll keep saying it because I think it's perfect. He said the life of a Christian is like that of a life of a farmer. And he works all day as though it all depends on him. And he sleeps and prays all night because it all depends on God. 
Well, there is a time for us to put our shoulder to the plow and to work, isn't there? There is a time for us to put up the dukes and fight. And I suppose there might even be a justifiable time in our life when we might worry here and there. But we have to remember that when and where God's word has spoken, let it be. Amen.